Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. And we're back with the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. This is episode 169. 169, we appreciate you tuning in. My name's Josh, I'm the co-host, and I'm with Ryan, the one, the true, the host of the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. Uh-oh. How's it feel, Uh-oh. Ryan? How's it feel? Well, I got a feeling you're gonna you're gonna fandango something by the end of the day. So I just wanted to Ooh. start start your week off right, man. By the end of the day, I might not get out of this sentence without fandangoing something. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a big day, Josh. So we have two guests coming on. We have Sergio Chapa who has some breaking da, news. Da, da, da. Exactly. Breaking news from Sergio Chapa. Uh, we'll be curious to see what all he has to say. And then we have a local operator coming on after Sergio to kind of talk about what's, what they've been seeing since, well, you know, the COVID and, uh, and what's been going on there. So, uh, but, but, but first, so we'll link to this. Matter of fact, I need to Nate the link in the show notes. We have a shell webinar, the future of shell. If you wanted to hear uh, Ellen Anas, Blackman, and a gentleman we have not had on this program, uh, Dave Ramsey Wood, all talk about it, uh, what they think the future of the shell is. We are hosting a two-hour virtual roundtable where we can discuss that very topic. I will be moderator, so thankfully you don't have to hear my dronings, but you will get to hear from them. And that is on September the 15th from 1 to 3 Central Time, and it's $10. $10 to get in. It's pretty simple. We will link it in the show notes and you could find anywhere else. Anyways, tend to get in. And um, the last 30 minutes, we're going to try to save for questions. That's, that's our goal. So an hour and a half of discussion and 30 minutes for questions is the scheduled agenda. So we'll see how that goes. But anyways, and so, you know, kind of excited about that, Josh. Those are, you know, some of the bigger names, uh, at least, that aren't, um, you know, on the Wall Street world. Uh, and so I think that should be should be exciting to hear what they think about the the future of Shell, especially when you get to September, because you'll be kind of getting close to Q4. Um, looking looking at the presidential election will be what'll be uh, two months out at that point. So it'd be interesting to see what they think uh, September fifteenth. Yeah, it's, that's a it's a great lineup. Uh, I mean, that, that's some some big hitters. I, I think uh, if you want a, a good idea where oil is going to be in the next six to twelve months, I, I don't know if three people I would want to hear from more than well, and we got guys. four so it's even better oh yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's right oh can't, man can't leave that one out yeah uh, no, no, no 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 we got four panelists you have anas you have ellen you have blackman and you have uh drw oh oh yeah i, I, I must have uh, i missed one so who's the odd man out josh yeah yeah who 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 is it yeah who's who's the person that you weren't considering uh, the mod- this the, is the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> the moderator. Um, well, you know, I don't know if uh, I think we got Sergio coming on here in a minute. There's a, a story that well, I say several stories that came out this week, Ryan, with uh, with California. Did we talk? Did we cover that at all last week? Where they were having some outages? Uh, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Um, I, mm, I don't know. They're not. They're obviously having some uh, some wildfire issues. Uh, I just always like to take the opportunity to. Uh, take a dig at some of the Californian folks. Um, I, I think, I don't know if you saw the tweet that came out from uh, Newsom that um, he blamed climate change for all of the, the fires in California. And oh, yes. uh, somebody excoriated him and just said, 
good to blame it on that instead of taking responsibility for poor leadership and responsibility. You know, there's all sorts of things they could do to mitigate some of those fires, but they don't do them. They just want to blame climate change. So, and then, and then you see all the outages with the energy. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they want to go green and then they show like that, how much wind and solar are playing into the energy. And now these outages are, are giving everybody a rough time. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the thing is that you you know if you're saying hey we want to transition away from oil and gas into to 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 green energy okay well that's that's a discussion to have but let's not bring the government into it because they can't keep their they can't keep the current people you know uh, their power on and well, stuff like that so there's there's two different risk levels there's having a power outage in California and then having a power outage in Texas where it's 109 degrees. Well, um, yeah, true, but you know, but you know, once you get from the coastline of California, it does you start to see more more normal temperatures. But yeah, if you're along the coastline, then it doesn't. To your point, it, it definitely doesn't matter. Uh, not not like you know, if you're in San Diego, the power's out. It's like okay, you can't get on the internet. You know? Go outside and go outside. Sleep. Yeah. You're probably outside anyways. You know, in Texas, it's it's a it's a tremendous problem. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really fall. I saw the the wildfires are kind of going on still. And of course they had the, the blackouts before that. And so it's, uh, you know, man, it's 2020. It's a, uh, it's crazy times. There's, there's, you know, we have dual hurricanes coming into the Gulf. <laughs> like, like, how does that like, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm getting apocalyptic uh, messages coming from all sorts of people. This is, this is I don't even time. know at this point we had, so let's just think about it real quick for Sergio gets on. We've had murder hornets, which did they die off? I don't even know what happened to the murder. Hornets. I have no idea what happened to those hornets. Okay. I saw sure it's still around. They're just, They've just been overshadowed by all the other crap. <laughs> okay, so the murder hordes are still here. Um, and you have dual uh, hurricanes coming into the Gulf. We got wildfires and power outages in California. Of course, we've had the pandemic. Uh, I mean, you know, it's you know, the, every time you think 2020 is done, it's like, no, I've got something else. <laughs> and so, I mean, what are some hypothetical 2020 things that we can see? Like, what else is there? Well, you. I mean, you, we had, you remember we had we had the big explosion over in uh, Beirut the other day too. Remember that? Oh yeah, I did. I forgot about that. Twenty twenty just uh, it just keeps on coming, doesn't it? That was a that was an enormous. I don't know, did y'all see the videos on that explosion? Yeah, it was yeah. huge. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Well, you got prediction. You got, yeah, before the year is out, there's going to be a giant meteor that strikes Canada. A meteor strikes Canada. Oh. Yep. That's funny because last night I was on uh, Facebook and I saw uh, asteroid will come within two hundred and sixty something. Let's see, your asteroid will come near Earth on like a like, election day or something like that. Did you oh, see you've that? got to be joking! <laughs> yeah, it was. Hey, uh, hey, uh, oh, on, look, look, man, hey, we're, we're recording a podcast, Sergio, and you just bust up in here like that. Look at him. Oh boy, how well, dare I? How I'll dare look, I, the invited guest, be? Uh, uh, yeah, wrong. I will. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Here it is, asteroid. Was I interrupting the COVID rant or the hurricane rant? Or <laughs> we're, we're on the asteroid rant right now. Oh. The asteroid rant. So real quick. So just in time for the election, an asteroid. Yeah. Uh, there's an object. What? The Are you serious? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, yes, I'm trying to read the story. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to read a story. Um, oh. According to NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, about the only thing we don't have to worry about is on the eve of the U.S. election is uh, being blasted by... Uh, by the asteroid. Let's see here. It's hit on you in the second. Odds of hitting Earth are about one in two hundred and forty. 
So, but if it does hit, it's too small. So we got a one in two forty chance of being hit by an asteroid. But if it does, it's too small. So we're gonna hit by an asteroid. That's that's coming. That's coming. Okay. Twenty twenty statistics. Twenty twenty. We getting busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so well, Sergio Chapa. Speaking of rants, you have finally shown your face on this podcast after you have tarnished the reputation of the Barnett Show for months and months on end. Disgrace the 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 once. And, and it is returning, obviously, to its great status as the, the best play in the world. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Wow. Uh, the powerful media agenda shows its real face, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is this, is this like, you know, is this like the Chronicle conspiracy? Like, are they, are they, are they saying you can't cover the Barnett? What's going on here? We need to know what's going on. <laughs> I think it's just called economics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cost per well. Per, <laughs> it's called natural gas prices. I think <laughs> there is there is like a barrel of oil in the Barnett. Okay, like one barrel. This is <laughs> well. What yeah. you know, uh, obviously, you're not covering the Barnett. Uh, you're covering uh, the Permian. I don't know why, but uh, then I, I saw on Twitter Friday you were tweeting out 30 something about the Chronicle. So what, what, what are you doing? Uh, well, I'm, I'm in the middle of a, of a, of a transition and a change. Um, I, uh, Friday was my last day as you, as you noted at the Houston Chronicle and, uh, I'll be, I'll be still staying in Houston, still covering energy. You're not going to get rid of me, Ryan Ray or Josh <laughs> Sheldon or Nate. No, I will. I will still be there. And guess what? I'll still be watching things in the Barnett Shale. Oh, well, are you actually going to cover them? That's the question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I guess we can tell everyone you are coming on officially as the third co-host of the Textual Guest Podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Are you? I've, are always, you I've, always, wanted that, I've always wanted that spot on Mount Rushmore. Uh, <laughs> no, you have. You have. Yeah. You, Is this like your interview yeah. for the, the co-host of the Textual Guest Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, you sure. could say that. Okay, you yeah, could say yeah. that. So, so you're you're leaving the Chronicle. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you you know you're not big enough for a show like this. So, what 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 small <laughs> publication might you be going to? Can you give us any hints? <laughs> going to work maybe the private sector. Um, and, and, and I mean, I should say, Josh, if he's moving up in the world, which is debatable if he will or not, but if he's moving up, <laughs> being that he's been coming on here for so long, like we should get part of his salary, like a higher bonus. That's something we get compensated for this, right? We have single-handedly brought the Barnett back to life. We've right. gotten Sergio from the yeah. Business Journal to the Chronicle. Well, I feel like he owes us an STI for giving him such a great energy education. So, you know, maybe 40% of, of his first year's salary. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's fair. So what can, can you tell us anything about what you're doing, Sergio? What's next? Uh, uh, well, yeah, like I said, staying in Houston, covering energy, um, you know, given, given the Texas oil and gas pot, uh, giving the, uh, Texas oil and gas pod, God, can I, can I say that word today? I don't, this is why we, this is why we won't hire you. This is why. I know. So, this is why you're not ready for big time. Tongue tied, tongue tied. <laughs> oil and blah, 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 reporter, Sergio Chapa. <laughs> yeah. well, okay. Okay. Let's, let's take that from the top again. Three, two, one. No, um, still staying in Houston, still covering energy, still giving the Texas oil and gas podcast hell. Well, okay. So you can't say just yet. When might folks be able to know where you're going or where you'll be? It'll all be official on Monday, Monday, August 31st. 
Monday. Okay, so a week from today, we'll be recording. We'll be on your Twitter feed or LinkedIn, I suppose. You'll put <laughs> something on there, maybe. Uh, will you? Let me, let me. Let me ask this. Will you be the PR person for the Communist Party that runs the city of Arlington? <laughs> I can, we can rule that one out now. Okay. 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 But I will. I will be following things in Arlington, though. However. What about the official PR person for Capital and Gas? <laughs> um, <laughs> Have they finally no. brought you in to cover them? No, but I finally might be able to squeeze out that report you've been waiting for <laughs> for a while. Well, so you're leaving the Chronicle. I know you probably have a bunch of stories that you've been working on or uh, that we haven't got to talk to you about. So which, what have you been covering and what all do we need to talk about at least before you go to this uh, – mythical place that you're heading to. Yeah. Well, um, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked actually, because you will see my byline from on the Houston Chronicle, uh, sneak out a few times after, you know, after I'm gone. And, but it was, it was to do some, some really amazing stories, Ryan, that were really good. Um, you know, one of them, one of them was kind of nicknamed life after COVID. And it's uh, a look at the oil and gas industry after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Looking at the the tech, the hot technologies in oil and gas, and then the job skills needed. Um, you know, as as you know, I mean, it's been it's been as you pointed out earlier, twenty twenty has been quite a year, but it's also brought some some big change to mm-hmm. the oil and gas industry, and um, and things you're going to see more things like like smart helmets. You're going to see artificial intelligence. You're going to see remote drilling. Um, Let's see what else, uh, you know, uh, numerous other technologies that, that, uh, that, that make, that make, you know, exploration production, everything more efficient, you know, all these 5g networks and, and things that coming out and, uh, and you're, you're going to need more skills like data science. You get those high paying jobs. You'll need to have like, right. like familiarity with data, computer programming, all this, you know, Excel spreadsheets, like all these other skills and, and uh, it's a real, it's a really big story. You know, it starts here in Houston. It starts, it starts in Paris, France, oh, wow. and then comes to Laporte, and then it goes out into other parts of Texas. So it's, it's, it's a good one. It's, an, it's a project I'm proud of. So did you, uh, in your reporting did, on the story, um, was there any conversation about, you know, the last downturn? And so if we hadn't had a downturn, you know, four years ago, um, maybe this would be even worse because people wouldn't be prepared for kind of uh, moving to cut cost into the science thing or do they, uh, they decide stuff. Did they talk about that? Like did the last downturn actually prepare us for this downturn because of some of the innovation that we had to roll out then, or was that not, is that not even a factor for some of these companies? No, it did. I mean, I think you saw a lot of the earth, particularly like with the, with the smart helmets and things, those were rolled out during the last downturn, but now we're like version 2.0 where they're a lot smarter and they integrate with platforms like zoom and Microsoft teams. And they're a little more pandemic friendly now. And it actually turns out great. I mean, one of the things about life after COVID after adopting like things like, like smart helmets and remote drilling, you know, people aren't really going to go back to the old way of doing things anymore. Um, They're just going to keep doing it this way after the pandemic, you know, we're not going to have like, you know, a hundred people on a, on a drilling site, you know, I think you'll have people there virtually and just the core skeleton crew that you need, you know, and everyone else is going to be virtual, you know, and then with, for refining, for like uh, refining companies, like we, 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 we spoke with total 
and they tested out the technology in, in Paris, France, and then they rolled it out at their uh, petrochemical plant in Laporte. And they found that they could have a worker wear one of these smart helmets, be on a Microsoft Teams meetings and do his work and then have engineers and experts and vendors and everybody watch things. And guess what? They rolled out, they liked it so much, they rolled out that technology to Europe, Middle East, Asia, Africa. And after the pandemic's gone, that's just the way things are going to be. That's the way things are going to be. It's gone are the days like, like where you need to fly engineers out to look at things and projects because you can just have somebody local wear the helmet and the engineer walks through it. So, you know, a lot of our listeners are kind of folks that are in the field and, and stuff and some of them have been laid off, obviously. Um, how concerned should folks be about getting their job back because it, or, or maybe not getting a job back, but getting, you know, their specific job back. Uh, so do you have any insights on what kind of jobs are, you said that, you know, some of these jobs aren't coming back. So do you have kind of a, is there a kind of a, a line where you say, well, if you're kind of doing these types of jobs, they probably won't come back. Whereas um, there will be more of these types of jobs. Uh, there's definitely a shift from, from, from blue collar to more white collar work. Um, you got to be versed in, in digital skills and, and, and technology, you know, um, well, the thing I kept hearing over and over was something, this, this data science where, where it's more like data analysis jobs are really hot and high in demand and, um, you know, working with, you know, artificial intelligence and tools and, and different tools, um, uh, kind of having programming skills is key kind of digital troubleshooting. You know, I mean, some people are really good mechanically troubleshooting and fixing things, but, but now the new, the new skills are the digital kind of troubleshooting where you get your um, wrench and get to work and, you know, what about podcasting asking for a friend? Just <laughs> <laughs> for a friend there. Uh, I think you're. I think you'll be fine. I, I think. I think the world will still need commentary. <laughs> commentary. Okay. Well. Uh, so oh, what I'm else? Sorry. You, In, insight. Sharp insight. Insight. In, insight analysis. Comedy. Bad jokes. <laughs> rants. Yeah. All yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, uh, but there, there's this other story, Ryan, that you're gonna love. Uh, we called it OFS Green. Oh, and it's the shift. To, yeah. Yeah, in your uh, in your in your Tesla with uh, vegan, vegan leather, leather seats, yep. vegan yeah, leather. as you as you drive through the Whataburger drive-through. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, uh, no, this other story is called OFS Green, and it's about um, about oil field service companies um, making the switch to uh, cleaner sources of power. You know, I mean, uh, how they're embracing the energy transition. You know, it's coming. I mean, there's oil and gas, but there's also renewables. And you got to think of it like milk. There was milk, but now there's soy milk, and now there's almond milk, and they're all on the same shelf. This right. is what's happening in the in the oil field service sector. Um, they've got tools and software for for oil and gas, you know, exploration, production, drilling, um, you know, everything. But they also have tools for um, wind energy, offshore wind, wind energy, turbines, um, hydrogen is a new thing that you're going to hear, start hearing a lot about soon. And, you know, it's, it's a big switch. Everyone and everyone's doing it. Uh, Halliburton, Baker Hughes, Schlumberger, Technique FMC. They all, they're all chasing the energy transition, but in different ways. Hall, uh, Halliburton. And we, we visited this on Friday. Um, on my last day at the Chronicle, it was my last photo shoot and last story. We went to Halliburton Labs and we, we met with their first tenant 
And um, Halliburton Labs is a clean energy tech lab. And their first tenant is a company that makes insulation, like spray-on insulation. And um, the beauty of it is you could take these giant thick rolls of insulation and like a quarter inch of their spray-on foam that hardens is like more efficient than any of these big, thick um, insulation. So it's an energy saving technology. And, uh, you know, Halliburton gets a, for, for the free rent and all the tests they do at, at Halliburton labs, uh, well, not free rent, but for the, in exchange for like ho- housing and everything like that, you know, Halliburton takes a small stake in their company. So yeah. if they ever get sold or right. they become hugely successful, you know, Halliburton later, it's not something that, this on Halliburton's books right now, but later on, they can help them. Yeah. And that's interesting because, you know, if you think about it, um, you kind of said, you know, you get the milk and the soy milk and the, you know, we got a baby and we give her some kind of, uh, vanilla soy milk or something like that. But anyways, um, yeah, but the, but the, 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 the thing with Halliburton or, or, you know, Schlumberger or whatever it is, they can kind of do that. Whereas a smaller oil field service company, they, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, they got to hope that the oil and gas works out or, uh, if they start branching out, they may have to kind of shift uh, into that. What is the role of the small kind of uh, oil field service company moving for, for, uh, forward? Obviously, it's a little bit easier to keep them going because they don't need as much volume. But right now, if they're cut out, then you know they may have to either you know shut the, shut their door down, shut their doors down, or transition out of the business altogether. No, that, that's a good question. This is so far. This is a game of the of the majors and the big companies right now. But maybe, but maybe smaller companies should be looking at little product lines that they should carve a niche out for, or something, or partnerships, or or something else to, that they they can do to 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 um, to to also make the transition. You know, they probably should turn into our webinar on September 15th to learn about that. Sergio, that's what I was thinking. Um, that, that would probably be where those types of questions would be answered because you are going to an unknown destination to cover unknown things. And so Shell <laughs> webinar September 15th might answer those type of questions. Sergio, I know we've got a uh, reference clock here. You're going on uh, a vacation, I believe. So you joined us before your, your, your globe trotting starts. Um, so where can people find out this, you know, this breaking news. Obviously we break a lot of news from the Texas Guest podcast. So here, but the news will be broken by the time they hear this. So where will the news break at Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, where do you want people to go to kind of follow you to, as you make your, your move from here to there? I, I, I think the, uh, the, the news will be on Twitter and, and LinkedIn for sure. I, I think my Instagram will just be with, with, uh, some vacation takes between now and then, but, uh, but I just want to say Texas oil and gas podcast. Oh, I, I said it. I said it. Wow. First heard. time you've ever said that. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's always forward looking. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud you for your September 15th, uh, event that you're doing because the first time I was ever on zoom was where on the right, right there, right, right there, the Texas right oil and gas podcast. That's it. And that was like a year, full year before COVID made zoom like thing. Yeah, we put the pro in progressive. Okay, don't ever forget that. Okay, that's us. We are forward looking. We are the true progressives, and uh, there's no doubt about that. Okay, Sergio. Well, listen. Anything else? First, first off, congratulations on your Thanks, on your new role. Um, I do expect at some point to start seeing when your little bio comes up a regular contributor to the Textual Guest Podcast. I do expect that. Point. Yeah. Like I don't know how many jobs we have to get you, but we do it. We, yeah. we, it's expected. It's expected at some point. That's that's there you go. 
he's not paying us, Josh. That's the least he can do, right? I mean, just, <laughs> you know, Sergio Chopper is a reporter for the Houston Chronicle, wherever. Like, hold on. Sergio Chopper is a reporter at wherever he's going to. Regular contributor to the Texas Guest Podcast. <laughs> and then your, you know, your, your past insignificant jobs, you know, stuff like that. Okay, so. that. <laughs> <laughs> Sergio, seriously, uh, people always ask uh, about you, uh, our listeners. And so Sergio is a friend and a, and a person we, we love to have on. And so we wish you nothing but the best. And we're really excited for you as you head on your new journey. And uh, hopefully it will allow you to come back on. Um, Cabot might be mad about some of the things you said. So hopefully they'll let you come back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure as always. It's it's always fun too. I, I tell people when they're preparing for their interviews, you know, just to prepare to, to to have fun and have a have a laugh in inform and entertain. Yeah, yeah. We just we try to entertain. I'm not inform. So, all right, Sergio. <laughs> listen, uh, be safe this week, and we'll talk to you hopefully in a month too when you get settled in at your new gig. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll be in touch. Take care. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Well, it was great having our good friend Sergio Chapa uh, back on back on the show. It's been a little while since he's been on, so it's great to have him back on. Excited to see where he will be yeah, at it, it, in a it's week. It's funny. You're right. We haven't had Sergio on in how long? And all of a sudden, he's changing jobs. He's got to come on. He's got to talk. Got to pontificate. You know, when the Barnett Shell boom was happening, he wouldn't beg and come on, was he? Mm-mm. No, no. No. Now, all of a yeah, sudden... He, he wants right. everyone to, he he wants to look good for his new employer, so he's like, let me get that little boost from the Texas and Gas podcast, and we'll probably shut down the servers of his new business. But whatever. So, <sighs> Josh, it's uh, it's it's lonely at the top, you know. That's the saying, and that's you know, how this how the show goes. So, anyways, I know we got another guest coming on, but uh, I just you know, all seriousness, congratulations to Sergio, um, and wish him nothing but the best, and maybe one day he'll be. You know, talented enough to to work as a co-host on the show. Yeah, he's got a little ways to go. And long, a, long, a few more exclusives. Long, yeah, long way to go. Long way to go. But yes, hey, you know, let the man dream, right? Right, today we have uh, a, a special guest coming on the show, Ray Trevino III. He's Vice President of Operations for Pecos Country Operating and Managing Member at Trophy Hills Investments. Ray, is, man, been looking oh, forward. Gosh, that was impressive that you got Ray Trevino the third out. Like that's. For you, that was that was that was smooth. Well that, done. That's why I had the job, Sergio. Don't. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, can we call you RT? Make it short. Yes, down please a bit. do. I don't want people to be confused between my first name and your last name by any means. Well, yeah, no one knows my first name or last name. It's you know so. <laughs> well, Josh, it's an internationally known show. I just don't want to get us confused in any way or fashion. Yeah, well, galactically popular, sure. Um, Josh, <laughs> it's it's only fitting that we have on a a um, an operator that's kind of a grassroots type deal, mom and pop kind of, you know. We're, we're, we're a show of the people. And so unlike our previous guest, Sergio, who's kind of one of the elites, it's good to kind of get back to the people that we know and we're used to dealing with. Whereas, uh, yeah, you kind of feel dirty when you talk to Sergio, you know, he's rubbing shoulders with Rex Tillerson and, you know, going to all these bourgeois events and stuff. And so it's kind of good to get back to folks who just know oil and gas. So it's good to have you on RT. Oh, thank you guys. And, uh, coming on after Sergio, I tell you what, um, uh, we set the bar low, didn't we? You're no, welcome. The pressure is on. The pressure <laughs> is on. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, what did it get you on? Obviously, we talk a lot about the news, and we just had Sergio on talking about um, 
you know, kind of life after COVID, but from kind of the the local operator, not to, I hate to say mom and pop to be derogatory, but not to, you know, not a, not a marathon or an oxy or something like that. Um, you know, what's it been like kind of this year? What have you guys seen? Maybe some things that surprised you. Um, and then how does it kind of stack up to what we saw back you know, what, three, four years ago? Um, great questions, both of those. First of all, I want to thank you guys very much for allowing me the opportunity to come on. Nathan, Josh, uh, great to officially meet you guys. Ryan, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, over the last uh, six months, wow, who would have ever guessed we would be where we are right now, first and foremost. Um, as far as we've go, uh, steady wins the race. We've, uh, we've been able to actually pick up and acquire a couple of oil production leases out in North Texas area during this time uh, for the same reasons uh, that you guys have talked about on your podcast, that some people are just ready to call it quits, call it a day. Like they've been through so many downturns that they're ready to um, retire and um, give it on to somebody else and go. Um, so that's kind of where we've been with that, and we can't complain so far. Yeah. And so one of the questions we were just talking to Sergio kind of ties in with what, 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 what we want to talk to you about um, service companies, you know, service companies obviously are taking a beating right now because there's less work, you know, how, um, so the service companies we usually cover are, you know, the Halliburton's, the summer Jays because they get the news, but you know, you're kind of dealing with folks more like you know me and our listeners. So what have, what have you seen from service companies? How are they making it um, price? Obviously everyone's cut the prices and stuff, but is that enough or are a lot of these service companies in trouble? I will not sit here and definitely say that any of the service companies are in trouble. I will say right now they are going month to month. Uh, I do know I'm hearing from some of the guys now, uh, whenever, uh, like I said, I'm in Midland right now, putting in some, uh, uh, grabbing some quotes for our next drilling project. And some of them are now putting on our bids saying, um, you know, for X amount of dollars and over 50% will be up front. And that's showing that some of these guys, you know, who do the 30-day, 60-day net, you know, to, to build people, they're not getting those checks right now. And these smaller service companies rely on that monthly revenue and cash flow, not only to pay their employees, but also to buy supplies and materials to continue doing what they're doing in the, in, in the industry. So they're definitely slow right now. A lot of people, like I said, they're just waiting for their checks to come in from the bigger companies. Mm. And as we know, this the oil and gas industry is a trickle-down um, industry. I mean, you know, it starts at the top and works its way down. Yeah, you know, that's one thing we had not talked about, Josh, is the supplies. You know, um, we talked a lot about kind of the companies, but, you know, the cash need to buy the, you know, the equipment or the, or the, you know, the tubes or whatever it is that you're buying, um, you know, to have that on hand is obviously a, a big portion of it, but requiring 50% up front, that's a, it's not a bold strategy. Like you, you know, kind of the joke, but it's, it's kind of tells you where companies are at. If they're saying, Hey, I got to have 50% up front. Then that's problematic because obviously if they go out there and the work doesn't go well, then, you know, from the operator standpoint, you're, you're risking a lot as well because prices aren't a hundred dollars a barrel. So it's, 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 it's a risk on both sides. Yes, no, that's absolutely correct. Uh, however, you know, for us, where we're at, we participate and we, uh, we always try to do everything out of the back pocket. So we're not ordering stuff or saying, hey, we're going to commit to this drilling project or we're not going to commit to buying pipe from you 
until we know we've already got the cash. And like I said, nine times out of 10, people are on 30, 60 days. However, not everybody has that opportunity or luxury to sit there and have cash in their back pocket ready to go and move around. I know right now supplies, people are making deals left and right. They just want to know how they can move stuff out of their yards. And I don't know if y'all seen, had an opportunity to see any of the yards here in the Midland Odessa area, but they're either stacked with product or equipment or they look just plain desolate and there's nothing in there. You see a couple, couple tubble weeds roll by. So, yeah, I can see that if you have equipment or something like that, you're, you know, it's kind of used stuff that you're trying to rent it for as cheap as possible. But what about, um, you know, like about drilling pipe or stuff like that that's new that it's, you know, it's coming, coming through the process and it's not, I mean, obviously some of that, uh, those tubes and stuff can be older, but a lot of stuff is new. Are you seeing that suppliers are able to cut the price on that as well? Or are they kind of stuck on, um, so some rental equipment you can cut down, but some stuff, is it possible to even cut the price on? No, it's uh, it's we're cut, uh, uh, we are seeing price cuts across the board from basically lease acquisitions to production. Uh, you know, the drilling costs are down tremendously right now, along with the pipe and supplies and the equipment that goes along with that. Everybody again is just trying to move equipment. All the all the great companies and good companies are just trying to move enough equipment to make payroll to keep as many people as they can. You know, that's the one thing about the oil and gas industry. We don't like to, you know, fire or let go or furlough individuals. Uh, however, it is something we have to do, and especially when people aren't, when they're not getting the money inside the door, you know? So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's a problem. So you said that, you know, Folks are struggling with cash flow, but what are you hearing about optimism? Obviously, uh, you know, the presidential election is coming up. It's 2020, you know, so <laughs> thinking, have we got two hurricanes in the Gulf? Um, are folks out there joining optimistic, pessimistic, nervous? What's kind of the, the feel on the ground? Oh, man, uh, right now, everybody's optimistic. You know, everybody keeps saying one more month, one more month. You know, it's been like that since June. You know, we were first hearing, oh, man, you know, Let's go ahead and get some stuff done now because in June we'll be back to normal. Then it was, hey, July we'll be back to normal. Now I'm here in September. Uh, God willing, uh, I don't know exactly what back to normal means anymore uh, on, on that aspect. However, that's what we're hearing, that we should see more of a steady rise in September than we have. Now, that being said, we have seen a small increase in activity since starting in July where everything was pretty bleak in April, then May and June were just blah. Uh, we are seeing a very small increase. You know, I know the price of oil hasn't gone up very much in that time frame. Well, technically, if you want to go from April 20th to 2020, uh, when it was the, yeah, it's, you know, it's the price of numbers, but, yeah. you know, from, from retrospect, you know, we haven't changed. I looked a here a little bit earlier before uh, jumping on with you gentlemen, and I use that term loosely. Um, that we, uh, we, we're at about 42 and change. So, you know, but, but we're going to continue to climb and that is the goal here. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned being uh, around 42 right now. Um, what, what is the, what is the general outlook for companies to, to get to a point where they can, um, get back something closer to normal? And, and what do you think is going to happen with some of these uh, agreements with the service companies? Do you think they're going to slowly start to roll those back? Or do you think companies, as soon as it hits a certain price point, they'll, um, 
you know, you know, go back to the normal agreements or will they still, you know, still be trying to get more money up front uh, just to, to offset some of the risks? No, I, I, what I see happening, you know, of course, 55 is kind of the magic number in, in our eyes as far as Bankos country operating goes to see some pretty good uptick in the work in the industry of uh, $55 oil. And we're not going to be at 60, uh, you know, that, I'm not saying 60 or, or 40, 40, but 55 is that great number to really see a great positive, really in production, get that production back up, which then once we get the production back up, we have the crews out there servicing that production. As far as uh, agreements go, people don't want to let go of those agreements, uh, Josh. They really want to keep that stuff so that when we get that oil back up to that price, and more importantly, the production goes up, they're going to have their agreements and in place, they're going to have their people in place that they can hit the ground running as if nothing happened. That is one thing that they have found uh, that a lot of companies have found over time is that if you scale back to a massive amount, you go from, you know, to a skeleton crew and all of a sudden oil, which does have the opportunity to go up overnight and you've got new production, you don't have the manpower to service those contracts that you had. So they're doing everything in their power right now to keep everything right where they are. They have scaled back like we were talking about. However, right now with the, all these agreements in place, people really want to hold on to them as long as they can. And obviously, I, as, as far as you know, you're seeing you know, people asking for money up front. I'd like to think that as we see a larger uptick will kind of, you know, the trickle effect, you know, we'll start seeing people paying stuff, you know, on a more regular basis, like they used to, you know, like clockwork. Cause you, you we mentioned the, the majors. I mean, they, they pretty much uh, pay people on like clockwork. Hey, here's it is here. You know, they uh, service companies send them to send the accounting department, the, the invoices 30 days later, boom, checks in the mail, checks in the mail. Uh, however, right now, for some of the middle people in between the big service companies and the mom and pops, we're seeing some slowdown in that money getting from, you know, person to person, so to speak. Yeah. And, and the, on the money, you brought that up. That, that's the kind of the lingering question is, is uh, you talk about these P back groups and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of pressure on them from the climate change standpoint to kind of get out of oil and gas. And obviously from the ability to make money to get oil and gas, um, you know, are you concerned that even if obviously there's a certain threshold where prices hit uh, and there's no overregulation that, you know, people will, will invest money because people like making money. Um, but in the near term, are you concerned that we might see kind of some of this posturing from Wall Street or some of the big banks going, you know, we're not really wanting to get back into bi uh, business with oil and gas, which could hurt not only drilling, but then payments, which, you know, you say trickle down, you know, payments to uh, service companies. I think so. Uh, again, I am not. Uh uh, going following up with that with an answer, yes, I do believe the, the Wall Streets, the big banks are going to be very conservative when looking to invest in oil and gas here in the very near future. Look at Warren Buffett. I think y'all have already talked about that in the, in the past. You know, he pulled out all the common stock and oxygen. Yeah, that 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 to to the normal average Joe that doesn't follow oil and gas, that's kind of a red flag, you know, because he's an oracle for Omaha. So people are like, whoa, Warren Buffett's pulling out. Now, they don't know that he owns BNF, you know, that, you know, the majority of stock owner of BNSF 
railway which takes the oil from North Dakota right. to here, or didn't he just do colonial. something with a pipeline too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So see, I thought the colonial deal, not to cut you off, but yeah. I thought the colonial deal a few weeks ago had said that maybe the oxygen deal was going well for them because they bought colonial. And then, of course, he comes back out and sells oxygen. He's like, okay, well, but, but the yeah. point is that whatever, it, but, but your point is, well, generally you see Buffett sells oxy. Oxy's a bigger name than colonial. I think it's colonial. You know, they're bigger name than colonial. It's like, oh my goodness gracious. But he does, he, do, he is still investing on some level. He's not correct. He's still, yes. No, he is still, and, and so are some people, but getting back to it, the investment dollars for new production is not there right now. Individuals are really just staying kind of back watching what happens in the oil and gas industry. And in the short term, I think that is going to, uh, bring down the supply of oil that we have and rise that demand. And we're going to see probably, a, um, I'm not, I don't know if it's a hundred dollar oil. Okay. I, I don't see that, but we're going to see a large enough uh, increase to where people are going to go, Oh, let me get in. Let me get in now. When technically here, I'm, you know, I'm telling you guys, Hey man, you know, uh, service companies, pipe companies, you know, uh, rental companies, they're, they're trying to do whatever they can right now to at least make a dollar to pay their people. So technically right now, the costs are low. The expenses are low in the right. industry to where now's the time where it's buy low. And, you know, in six months to eight, 12 months, we'll, we'll be able to sell high, so to speak. Okay. Uh, we were getting up against the clock. Um, anything that you wanted to plug or promote or mention before we let you off here today or where can people find you? Oh, well, people can find us at uh, uh, PecosCountryOperating.com. Again, you know, we're just a family-owned and operated company here out of Fort Worth. Uh, Just uh, so that's about it on us. I appreciate the time here today, Ryan, uh, Josh, and Nathan. Uh, Again, coming on after Sergio, I tell you what, kind of, you know. Well, we had to. And we had to bring on a knowledgeable guest after Sergio. So oh, well, thank you guys very, very much. <laughs> I do appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know why Sergio still comes on. I really don't. I love the man to death. He's a, he's a great, he's a great dude, but we give him so much grief. Man's a glutton for punishment. And the, the beauty of it is his job is really serious. You know, he's a serious reporter for a serious job. So he can't like write articles back at us. So we, no, he, <laughs> He's muffled. He can't say anything. Yeah, no. Yeah, he tweet here, no. and then we could, we could, you know, we could read his articles and then make fun of him, and then he can't say a lot. So it's really a, it's really a good relationship for us. We we enjoy that. I will say this: it was funny when you said you're coming on uh, last week. I said you're coming on to Sergio, and you go, "Oh man, Sergio, yeah, he's really good. I love his work." So I always tell Sergio we hear from a lot of people that 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 like and appreciate his work, and so you're you're one of them. Yeah, so I read his work uh, a lot. I think what he's got is he's got a pulse like you guys have on the oil and gas industry. You know, obviously he's not in the deep of heart of Texas like you guys are. Okay, he's in that he other little. Shave, he didn't say the Barnett Shell. No, no, no. You guys, you guys are the ones that did the Barnett Shell. Y'all Thank created you. it, just like Trump created the oil and gas industry. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're, you're getting closer to the truth now. We're getting there. We're getting there. We single-handed. Listen, Total was not interested. Uh, Listen, the French are historically scared. They were not interested in coming back to the Barnett until they had a champion, and we were that champion. So now when the the Greenies and the vegan leather seat folks are after them, they can say, you go talk to my boys in the Barnett. And they got a little confident. We got their back. Uh, (laughs) We would like some common stock off the deal personally, but, you know, I'm saying. So, um, I mean, when you save a basin – 
a shell plate like we have. Yeah. They need to put a monument up for us. Like, and because it's the Barnett, there's multiple counties. So we need like multiple statues. What if you just put one big statue in the middle of the Barnett? Just put one on top of Jerry World. We'll call it even. No, no, it needs to be bigger than that. It needs to be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope natural gas continues to rise that it's on. I mean, who, who would have guessed we would have seen that uh, to where the Barnett's a play again? And same with the Eagleford. Uh, so we'll see. Titans of industry like us pushing it, it's it's not really that surprising. But yes, for the common man, it might be. So, yeah. RT, it was good to get you on, buddy. Uh, hope all is well out there in Midland. Stay safe. Thank you, guys. Talk to y'all again. Bye bye. Right. Take care. All right. Thanks again to RT uh, for coming on the show today. He had a, a lot of good information. Uh, appreciate getting some of that insights. You know, people on the ground always have a little bit of different uh, perspective. So great having him on the show today. It was a good right. balance. You have the Houston elites like Sergio, and then of course you have men, the people like us, and then you have on RT who's kind of you know getting his hands dirty. That's you know that's it's good to see. And Ryan, we got a couple of stories here for the roundup. Wanted to hit these just in a you know bullet style. Um, there was a explosion at a port in Texas. Four people are missing. Uh, this came out Friday, August the twenty first. A uh, dredging vessel at Texas Port hit a natural gas pipeline Friday, sparking an explosion that sent six people to the hospital and left four others missing. Um, so then there's another article that came out a little bit later. Search ends for two still missing. So right now, as of the 23rd, um, which is uh, yesterday, there were t- still two people that were that were missing from, uh, from that explosion. So uh, hopefully they have made some progress on that today. And uh, I'll follow back up on that, you know, later this week and see see where they're at. And with that, Ryan, I think that wraps oh, us up, man. Gosh. Yep, shell webinar, folks. Shell webinar is Shorby dot War Room webinar. If you're looking for the link, but you can find it uh, in the show notes. Nate will link it there, and Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever I'm at, you can find it there as well. Um, should be a good uh, good event. It's ten bones. I mean, ten bones. You know, you pay. Hundred of dollars to go see um, speak at conference. We got 10, 10 bones to get four professionals. So, four professionals and one bum. Me being the bum, of course. So, um, Josh, it was good to be back, buddy. We're back next week. When do we take off? When's Labor Day? We have to take off for Labor Day, right? Not next week, but the week after, right? If I'm not mistaken. Okay. So I think, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. So we're on for the thirty first, off for the seventh. Off for the seventh, and then ooh, the webinars next week. So, okay, all right. So yeah, we might have a, I might have a record a special Labor Day show webinar preview. I don't know. We'll see. Folks, sign up. It is limited, uh, not because of me, just because of the way the webinar stuff works. So it is a limited event, unfortunately. Uh, anyways, so sign up. We'd love to have you there. It's ten bucks. So you know, uh, it's what a fourth of a barrel of oil, right? Mm. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, anyways, all right, listeners, thank you so much as always, and until next time, keep climbing.